Hey guys, you are listening to Killer Cocktails, where the drinks are stiff, but the bodies are stiffer. This is a casual true crime podcast where two friends pretend to be bartenders and talk about gruesome murders. Each week, we feature a new cocktail, which has to tie into our stories. Although we are a casual comedy podcast, some of our subject material can be explicit. Listeners, be advised. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Killer Cocktails. This is Drea. And this is Jackie. You guys, this is a very weird and special episode. Yes, it is. Uh, The seeds to this episode can be traced back to our live show. Yes. Our digital live show. Mm -hmm. Virtual live show. Yes. All of those things are accurate. Um, Where, as an aside, somebody said that their class of what grade? Like middle school? High school. High High school. school. Yeah. It's more appropriate. Her name's Nina. Nina, mm-hmm. uh, that her students did like papers, all of them on this one case, or they had to do different cases. Okay, what's the details there? So, um, she, I was like, okay, how did you come up with the assi- assignment? And she's like, well, I assigned a specific case to research to like every group, and they could argue whether the person was guilty or innocent, or they could argue go. that they did not receive a fair trial. And they did like Tupac, they did mm-hmm. uh, Scott Peterson, they did all sorts of uh, cases. And then based on the research, uh, the group decided um, whether they were completely innocent or not, mm-hmm. and then they would argue. Like yeah, for it or against it. Yeah, what a fun assignment. Yeah, yeah. She's like, if I have to give them research projects, I want to, yeah, know, be interested in what they're telling me. Oh. So she gave them true crime, <laughs> <laughs> which I loved. And so when we were talking, I think during the intermission, were you bringing up Scott Peterson? I don't know why I came up. She was like, oh, my students did a really in depth research project on Scott Peterson and why he's actually innocent. And I called bullshit. And you and you got off and you're like, well, that's. That, That's a cool concept, but... Cool idea. I love... Like, one of my favorite things, I love the feather theory in The Staircase. Yeah. It doesn't hold a lot of weight, but I love the idea. Yeah. I love the idea of a really out there weird... Owl? Theory. (laughs) Yeah. Or even if it's not like a strange theory, but one where you're like... I see it. Yeah. I don't think it's true, but I see it. Yeah. I like yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. It's an intriguing idea. Conspiracy theories. They're awesome. They are fun. They're yeah. fun to talk about. Um, so Nina gave us the idea, because you've been talking about wanting to do Scott Peterson forever. Oh, it was a huge store. I was in high school. I can remember going to coffee shops and seeing the missing person posters up. Like that was, it's seared into my brain. Yeah. That story. Yeah. Um, so we decided, since we wanted to do Scott Peterson uh, Kimry reverse engineered the cocktail, and so we are doing the Bay Breeze today. Oh, yeah. Yes. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the Bay, Bay Breeze? So the Bay Breeze is a take on the Sea Breeze. It's sometimes called the Hawaiian Sea Breeze. Which, by the way, in case you don't know, Sea Breeze was our very first episode. Yes, it was. Yeah. I saw that your, like, your, your cogs going. I was like, really? I was like, oh. bullshit. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Well, it's just in my head, I was like, why did we choose that drink of all drinks to be our first one? I'm really glad it was memorable for you. Well, the episode definitely was, but the drink is kind of like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, it was a weird one. The Sea Breeze has grapefruit juice, cranberry juice, and vodka. Mm -hmm. And the Bay Breeze has pineapple juice, cranberry juice, and vodka. Yeah. So oftentimes people, like, I think Sea Breeze is a more known name of a drink. But I think less people like a sea breeze. And I think more people like the Bay Breeze because it's sweeter. It's got that pineapple. It's more mm-hmm. um, islandy yeah. tasting. Yeah. I, I don't remember liking the sea breeze, but obviously I don't remember any of the cocktails we've made. <laughs> um, but I really like the Bay Breeze. 
Vapers is good. Yeah. It's a little bit of a sugar bomb, mm, mm-hmm. um, but it is very tasty. It's a lot of juice per vodka. I was yes. like, really? We can't put more vodka in here? I mean, you can. You're Yeah. I'm an adult. You're an adult. You're a bartender. You can do what you like. <laughs> Loose. <laughs> Be careful. We're in Oregon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not bartenders. No. OLCC, we are just ladies at home making <laughs> drinks. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> we are not here. But yeah, so the, uh, oh, uh, memory time. My friend was moving to New York. You have a friend? Yeah. Cool. Uh, We all lived down in the Bay, and Melissa was moving from the Bay to New York. And so we all went out. This was back when you would, like, go out to Walnut Creek, and Krogan's was a thing, and you'd go out out dancing at Krogan's. Anyone from that area is going to be like, ugh, I remember that time. So... Because she was leaving the bay, we all just kept buying her bay breezes all night. And oh. She was like, "I don't, I don't want to drink any that's more so of these mean. bay breezes." But that's oh. what makes me think of the bay breeze. Oh, that's a nice little memory. Yeah. Um, any little history on this cocktail? I could not find anything through my exhaustive four-minute research. <laughs> nothing. What about the film? Oh, well, there's a, a an aside. There's mm-hmm. an anecdote. Would you like an anecdote about this drink? Always. Okay, so the there was a movie. I'm going to make up when it came out. It came out in the 2000s, 2013. I thought you were checking. I am. Oh. So, slow. <laughs> so this movie came out. This was right in the heyday of Rachel McAdams. So this was after. Uh, Notebook? Notebook, yeah. So like she's in everything at this point. So she's in this kind of scary thriller called Red Eye. It came out in 2005. Oh, that's older than I thought. Um, Cillian Murphy's in it, the guy who plays Scarecrow in Batman. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he's a bad guy, and he's trying to get her. So they're sitting next to each other on this plane, and he's saying something about how he like- <gasps> Oh, I remember think- Remember this? Yeah. I, I never saw it. I just remember the commercials. It was a thriller. Yeah. It was a little spooky. Oh. Um, what does this have to do with the cocktail? Here we go. Okay. He's saying, I know your drink. He's like guessing her drink. He's like, I know your drink. You like- A sea breeze. A uh, bay breeze, and oh. she goes, "No, I like a sea breeze." Oh, is it my remembering yeah. backwards? Yeah, yeah. So he guesses it's a sea breeze, but instead she orders a bay breeze, to but throw him does off. not seem to like it much, which implies that he may have guessed correctly. See, I think I changed it in my mind because people normally would like a bay breeze more than a sea breeze. Yeah, but there's grapefruit people out there. There are. I'm kind of one of them. Ugh, I said kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can still be <laughs> friends. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, overall, what would you rate this cocktail? 8.2. 8.2? Yeah, seems a little high. 8.1. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay, great. It still seems high, but 7 didn't seem fair to the drink. I yeah, think yeah, it yeah. deserves to be an 8.1. Would you ever order this at a at a bar? I mean, I have. Oh, okay. I've never ordered this. If someone made them, I would... On vacation, you would never order this? It's too sugary. Kimberly's giving me a look. You always <laughs> like the drink and then say you don't. I didn't. What is this about you? I do you like. You just like being uh, 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 c- contrary. I like the cocktail a lot, but I wouldn't order a bunch of these. That I would, No one said bunch. Okay. Would you order one? How much, am I paying $10 for this? I'm not buying it if it's $10. What are you getting for $10 instead? A painkiller? You're on an island vacation. Yeah, I can make this at my house. I'm going to get a painkiller. Okay. You can make a painkiller at your house, too. It's like ordering chicken. You say this. <laughs> <laughs> You've said it a couple times. Yeah. Now. I feel like I've ordered chicken. 
<laughs> I've ordered chicken with you. You get chicken everywhere we go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. She's on me. <laughs> I love chicken. <laughs> you order chicken nine times out of ten. What is this? What is this saying that you have? That leads others to believe you don't buy chicken. I love fried chicken. Like I can't make fried chicken at home. So you're not gonna order like no one's gonna get like a boiled chicken breast or like a, a like a barbecued like a, a dry piece of barbecued chicken. <laughs> I'm wow. not ordering it. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, you know how- <laughs> Marie, this is gonna be 170 hours long. <laughs> Yeah, I said I would recommend it. I didn't say I was ordering it at a tropical disco. <laughs> Why are we at a disco? Why not? Why aren't we at a disco? Okay, you have to understand uh, now that this conversation has taken place. Yeah. The first time we go on an island vacation, <laughs> I'm ordering a round of Bay Breeze. <laughs> then you'd have to order everything else I've always poo-pooed. No, just this one, because I'm specifically talking about how you would, in fact, love this at a table with a palm tree near you. Yes, but I'm not... If you buy me one, yes. I'm not spending ten dollars. For for juice and vodka? You understand that every drink you order is that. Is is this and that? I'm paying that for this and that that I could put together. Yeah, all of it's easy. But it's chicken. Oh, we have to move on. <laughs> I'm just getting you prepared for what's coming. I can't handle how mad at you I'm going to be. Okay, you guys, we need to switch gears because I've kind of been pestering Jackie for the last 24 hours because she really wanted to cover Scott Peterson. And she knew that Nina had sent us uh, all the like research that her students had done in the PowerPoint presentation. So she's like, I'm going to take the Scott Peterson case because I know it really well. And you should take the counter argument that he might be innocent. And I was like, cool, I'll do it. And then... I started taking notes and it got to 20 pages of notes after my research. I've whittled whittled it down to 15 pages. Treya, here's my fear. That you... My fear (laughs) is that you have convinced yourself of his innocence. Okay. And what I hope has happened is that you love fighting with me so much Uh that you're just going to do a wonderful job being the other voice. Perfect. I really hope you haven't convinced yourself that this guy is on death row and he's innocent. Jackie, let's just... Oh, here's what I really fear. Yeah. My true fear that is that you've I- written him a letter and are <laughs> trying to become yeah. his prison wife. That's my real fear. Why can't I just he talk to him? He has so many girlfriends that write to him. That's fine for him. What if I just want a conversation? Stop it. We're just friends, We Jackie. talked about this in the very beginning. You don't get to write anyone in prison. I don't have time to write anybody a handwritten note. Email, yes. Don't. Don't you dare. Drea, stop it. (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about this case. All I want to say is I'm going to lay out facts for you. And you're going to lay out facts for me. Alternative facts? Oh, my God. And so, uh, okay. You're going to squabble on what a fact is. That will happen. Okay. Okay. So... How do you want to do this? Do you want to, because you want to tell the story. Do you want me to pepper in all the facts I have? Uh, let me, let me start in an odd way. Oh, Jesus. Are we going to flip flop? No. Let me start in an odd way. Okay. 
I bought a Barnes and Noble Nook <laughs> a long time ago. A Nook? Do you remember what these? It was an e-reader. It was back in the oh. heyday. <laughs> oh, okay. It was when e-readers were coming out, and you had the Amazon Kindle, and you had the Barnes and Noble Nook. Now you can guess by the fact that you've never heard of this <laughs> item. Who won the battle? <laughs> Okay. <clears throat> but this was when e-readers came out and you had, it was because the iPad had existed, but it was backlit and it was hard for readers to read a ton on a backlit because it would strain your eyes. So they came out with this like digital paper. I don't need to tell people about this technology that's very normal now. <laughs> but so it was like new and neat. Uh-huh. So I bought this Barnes and Noble Nook. And when I first got it, I had spent a bunch on the Nook. And so I couldn't really buy a bunch of books to put on it and I had this weird moral stance about paying the same for a digital book as I would for a physical book because I was like no you didn't have to print it you didn't have to ship it you didn't have to store it in a bookstore and have someone put it on a shelf I just it really bothered me from mm. a, like an overhead perspective mm, mm-hmm. so why did you buy the nook because I felt like it should be cheaper like the books eventually, like people would come to their senses and the books. So you knew going into it, you're like, I'm going to invest in this. Kind of. Kind of. Mm-hmm. And here's the other part of this the library system is also part of ebooks, and you mm-hmm. can check out ebooks through, through there. I didn't understand that they treated it like real books because publishers are the worst. And so they're like, no, you can have two copies of this digital book. Mm-hmm. That's aggravating. Yeah. Because it's digital. Anyway, I'm, we're not going to get me upset about ebooks. Yeah. I'm going to get you upset That's, about this case. Okay. Yeah. I can only be upset about so many things. So I have this thing. The whole point of this story is I randomly, through chance, found this free copy of a book that I was like, oh, I'll read it. I read it in a day. I just zoomed through this book uh-huh. called Blood Brother. Uh huh. So I start reading this book. And it's about this lady, and she was adopted when she was young, and she loves her birth, like her uh, adoptive parents. She was, she's like in her twenties or thirties. She's like in her twenties or thirties, and she gets this like phone call one day from this dude who's like, "Hey, I'm your brother," and she's like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, we have the same mom. She put me up for adoption. I'm your older brother." Um, then she put you up for adoption and now, and then like 10 years later when she, like, she was really young when she had us, um, she's married now. She has a bunch of kids. I've started to get to know them. They're a really wonderful family. I really, if you want to get to know them, like we're out here, just let me know. So then she like talks to her family and she's like, I just, I've never cared who any of them were. And I just, I feel like you guys are my family and I don't really need to like upset the apple cart. And they were like, it's really up to you. And she's like, well, you seem nice. She goes, you know, maybe I'm just inviting more nice people into my life. So she's like, okay. So then she meets her mom and she's like, she's a really nice lady and I like her. And like her mom kind of explains what happened and why she got put up for adoption and like what her life is like now. And her mom keeps saying, you, you would really love your brother. You have a half brother because I have this new family and you just, you guys have the same sense of humor. Like I really, you would love your half brother, Scott. So then she meets her half-brother, Scott Peterson. And Scott is so funny, and he's so wonderful, and he's normal. They all live in Modesto. And she gets to know Scott. She gets to know his wife, Lacey. Oh, and Lacey's pregnant with their son. And so she's, like, getting to know him. And then what happens, happens. Mm-hmm. And so this this book takes you through her falling in love with this new family, learning who they were, really loving who they are. 
and standing beside Scott in the very beginning, being like, I, I knew them as a couple. She's like, there's no way. There's no way he killed her. There's no way. She was convinced of his innocence, so convinced that she had him when when he couldn't be at his house because it's staked out by media and all this stuff. She's like, Scott, come be with my family. So Scott went and lived with her and her family. And all of his actions after the fact of like how he was dealing with what was going on, she changed her mind. Mm-hmm. He wasn't acting in any sort of way that she felt that he should. Mm-hmm. Other things would bubble up. So that was what kind of like re-spurred that case for me was reading this crazy book from this other perspective. Yeah. Um, someone so close to it. Someone, so, mm-hmm. someone so close to it. Um, and then being like, yeah. So like the, the, the change of being on his side and then not being on his yeah. side. But so let's talk about the story. Yeah. What happened? Okay. So do you – wait. We didn't come to a conclusion. Okay. Do you want me to pepper in all my facts as you're talking? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Oh, wait, wait. I'm going to cite my sources. Okay. Okay. So up top, Nina and her class. Oh, her, yeah. Her students. Thank you all for your research. I'll, I'll be peppering in um, the bits that they told about in their presentation. Um, I read an article called uh, Is Scott Peterson Innocent? Uh, it was published in Psychology Today. Uh, Mark Godsey um, was the writer, and he um, – was a prosecutor for many, many years, and then he more recently started working as an innocence lawyer with the Ohio Innocence Project. Um, and a little aside about the Innocence Project, um, in recent years, the innocence movement has exposed more than 2,000 wrongful yeah. of convictions in America, with the number growing at a rate of about three per week. Oh, and then this amazing like doc, like doc documentary series by A&E called The Murder of Lacey P- Peterson. Is that the one on Hulu or is that something else? No, I had to buy it through YouTube. So I went on YouTube. It was like you could buy them individually or all together. It's ten dollars. It's 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 really good. I definitely recommend it. Um yeah. It's like the first four episodes are I found this last night, and the first four episodes are forty five minutes each, and then the last two are each an hour. So I watched them in double time and then I watched all of them. Oh my god. And then we worked today. And here we are. Did you I felt like the Hulu the the doc that's on Hulu? I felt like it was really oh, and then I also, biased and weird and left out a bunch of info. I also watched a documentary on YouTube. It was like 45 minutes long, and it just like told about the whole case. Yeah. Yeah. So I watched it, and I was like, okay, I, I think he did it, but I also don't think he got a fair trial when I, when I watched it. Okay. Yeah. Which we can talk about more. But For sure. Th- that was me watching a regular old doc mm-hmm. and then me moving over to the A&E okay. documentary. Do you feel like the A&E documentary changed your feelings? Um, I just gave you more information. Just more information. Okay. Yeah. Um, and aside about the Innocence Project, do you remember in Serial when they involve the Innocence Project and they bring mm, that and lady they kinda... in and she's like, you know, I think you got a case here and she's all gung-ho about it. And then she go, they go, well, what happens if you look into his case and then you end up thinking that he's guilty? She's like, we don't say anything. We don't say we think he's guilty. She's like, we're just going to fade away. And they did. And they did. Yeah. I always thought that was interesting. Okay, so... Um, let's go back. So you've got Scott and Lacey. So Lacey Rocha went to Cal Poly. And by all intents and purposes, what I kind of gather from all the little, and everyone, you know, everyone postmortem is going to have a a certain like glean and sunniness to them. But like you do get the sense that she was, 
super vivacious and funny and well, full of life. Like you see videos. videos. Like yeah. she like and everyone just they're like, she's loud. She was funny. She was in your face. Like she was short. She was like five one, mm-hmm. right? Um, but just kind of like a go-getter. So she just seemed really fun. And she goes to Cal Poly, and that's where she meets Scott Peterson. Mm-hmm. And the picture of him super young, he looks so different. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, is that him? Um, so she meets him, and he was a waiter at a restaurant, and they kind of hit it off, and like, kind of like puppy lovish, like love at first sight is kind of how everyone like describes it. Like they were just super into each other, and he has like a, uh, I, I get like it's like a landscapingy kind of like lawn, but like it's he's agriculture ish. Mm-hmm. Like that's, Cal Poly has a whole thing about that too. Um, it's what they're kind of known for is ag stuff. But so they are living in Modesto. And it sounds like I think she's super close with her family. Like they live close. I think his family's close. Like mm-hmm. it seems like really close knit, see each other all the time. It's not like a just at Christmas kind of deal. And she is pregnant with their first child. Mm-hmm. Eight months pregnant. Eight months pregnant. And it's mm-hmm. Christmas time. So I, we will backtrack a little bit when we get timeline of like when other things are happening, mm-hmm. but we'll tell kind of the story of her disappearance. Yeah. So on Christmas Eve, she, but it's like Eve morning. So mm-hmm. she sees Scott that morning mm-hmm. and he supposedly leaves around 1030. Do you want me to fill in this time? And yeah, I'm, I'm telling you like if I'm out to dinner and I'm like telling people a story yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're like, hmm. You're saying miss facts. We, I started, yeah, call me on every miss fact. I, uh, I started to tell you this in the other room, and Kimberly was like, "Stop talking to each other because this is all gold." Like, wait until we were recording. I feel like you showed up to a high school debate, and you're wearing your hoodie, you're looking all cool, and then there's me, and I have my stacks of paper and like that rolly like egg carton cart. You did, you and did I bring your rolly back to high school. <laughs> that is what you did, and I have all this information. <laughs> yes. Um. Okay. So. Hard timeline. I'll like give you a little bit and then you could keep going and I'll, I'll enter. So at 8 a.m., like Scott gets up at 8.40. Um, someone uses the home computer to look up a sunflower umbrella. And like it was a known fact that Lacey loved like sunflowers and, and she was super into that. So someone is using the home computer. Um, from 9 to 10, they're watching Martha Stewart. Cause There's she, debate about that. They, yeah, they're watching Martha Stewart and um, – because that is her favorite. She loves cooking. Um, and then around 9.20 to 9.40, a neighbor sees Scott outside and they say hello. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so I mentioned the debate about the Martha Stewart episode. Do you want to talk about it? I, f- real quick, just because it's an embarrassing thing that happens in court later. So the prosecution is like, we got you. Mm-hmm. You're telling us when we're interviewing you later, um, you tell us, what did you, oh, you watched Martha Stewart. What what was on that episode? And he's like, I don't know, something about cookies. They meringues. Were, they were using meringue. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, okay. So then they go back and they're like, there was no meringue in that episode. That mm-hmm. was the day before. Mm-hmm. He's inventing, he's, mis- he's moving that information. Yeah. He's full of shit. Yeah. Then the defense team comes up and they go, why don't we play the episode from that day? And they 100% 
talked about yes and, and the and the prosecution just had to eat it yes. they, they, it was like bad fact finding on their part yeah in their like opening statement the prosecution said on the 24th martha stewart did, didn't have a segment with meringue and they actually used that information um in an affidavit to uh get a wiretap on scott's phones so they had like okay. this misinformation yeah, yeah, yeah. to get a fire more information mm-hmm. okay um and then martha stewart they like played it and they're like at 9 48 a.m like exactly this is when she's like and now we're gonna make meringues um so yeah it's uh, yeah yeah okay so then scott takes off mm-hmm. and he says that when he was talking to Lacey earlier he's like what are you gonna do today she's like oh i'm gonna you know take the dog for a walk and i think there was something with her mom maybe like she had kind of loose goose plans so he leaves people saw Lacey out walking the dog mm-hmm they and just a like a, a little side. These aren't people who know her. They they saw someone who matched her description. This is people in the neighborhood. Yeah. They saw a woman who was very very pregnant with like a white like top and then yes. black leggings and her dog. The defense team didn't call all these people, but the defense team says that there are seventy people, which seems outrageous. Mm-hmm. Seventy people that saw Lacey walking her dog. I have eleven, at a, but at a at a later time than the prosecution comes up with. There's another woman that lives in the neighborhood who is five months pregnant with twins mm-hmm. who matches Lacey's description. Same dog? Who has a dog who walks her dog. Same dog. Has a dog. Okay. I, I can't tell I don't have this written down yeah, yeah, yeah. in my uh, file folder of facts. <laughs> but there is another woman who's yeah. five months pregnant with twins, and you're going to be a lot larger with twins mm-hmm. than not. So there was someone else who could have obviously been mistaken for Lacey mm-hmm. that lived in the neighborhood that walked a dog that people could be confusing her with. Yeah. Even if it was a different dog, even if it was a black lab and a golden retriever, mm-hmm. we all know what witness testimony is like. Yeah. And I could be like, oh, if you're telling me that I was supposed to have seen a black lab... I'd be like, yeah, I saw a pregnant lady out walking a dog. Was it a black lab? Yeah, yeah, it was a black lab. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's enough supposition there that can happen. Okay, so Lacey goes out and walks this dog. Uh, so it's, what's Scott doing? So Scott goes, he leaves, he says goodbye to Lacey, I'll see you later. He gets in his truck and he drives to his work warehouse. Which is three miles away. So he's got this work warehouse and in this warehouse, a bunch of like saw, like, agriculture stuff but he also has a boat mm-hmm. a new boat that he's recently purchased mm-hmm. um we're in december we're on christmas eve he bought this boat in early december mm-hmm. the 9th or the 7th or somewhere in there so he's got this boat and he hooks it up so the idea is he's not taking it out yet so he's gonna go take it out and put it in water for the first time on this day on christmas eve he's gonna leave and he's gonna go put his boat in the water for the first time now this boat what kind of boat is it it's like a little burnt, burnt, burnt. It's a freshwater boat. Oh, okay. So the intention of this boat is to put in lakes, rivers. Um, you want to put a boat in a stream, um, but it's a freshwater boat. Scott passes the Tuolumne River, multiple lakes. He does not go to any sort of freshwater that's anywhere close to where he lives. He drives 90 minutes to the Berkeley Marina. So if you understand California, he's in Modesto. Modesto's not close to Berkeley. He drives a good distance mm-hmm. to get to the Berkeley Marina to put his freshwater boat into the saltwater bay. He's out in the bay for maybe 30 minutes by his account, and then he drives back another 90 minutes. So it seems a little silly to drive an hour and a half to put your boat in your brand new boat into not ideal conditions 
only be out there for 30 minutes. Anyone who fishes knows you're also not going to be out for 30. So if he's fishing, he's not really fishing. But maybe he's just excited about the boat, wants to get it in, doesn't have much time. You know, there's also, I do silly trips like that too, where it's like the trip took way longer, Mm -hmm. but it does look suspicious. Mm -hmm. So he puts his freshwater boat into the salt water. He's not out there very long. People did see him. And, and, and that was like a weird thing that the detectives did was kind of threw it out to the public and were like, Hey, did anybody see this truck, this guy, this boat on this day? Yeah. And that was one of the first like tip of their hands that they were looking at Scott. Mm -hmm. So he goes and he's out in the water and then he comes back, uh, drops off the boat. He gets back to, and there's some, he like hangs out at his little warehouse for a little while and he like sends off one email and there's a little bit of like internet stuff that happens. Okay, wait. So I have some witnesses that saw the boat. Do you want to hear about them? Yeah. Tell me about these witnesses. (laughs) All right. I'll tell you after intermission. Hold on to your butts, guys. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. Intermission time. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Drea. What's up? There's been a slow roll of restaurants and bars and stuff kind of opening with special circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. So what you and I were talking about, I made a little joke that then I think Kimmery sent us a meme. Anyway, the joke was, if these places are opening at half capacity, how are they going to be able to stay in business with half the business? Yeah. And I said, it's our duty <laughs> to order two drinks. Yes. To make up for the person who couldn't Obviously. Be at the table next to us. Obviously. We have to get two entrees, two cocktails. Yeah, you well, just, four cocktails. You just got to double up whatever you want to done. Yes. With, be, be uh, you know, careful and reasonable. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have be a, safe. Have a ride and yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. don't over-imbibe. I never yeah. recommend that. We're doing it for the restaurants. Plus, this is also just a joke. But, in all seriousness, when you go out, when you do the little, like, local Tuesday, when you do, like, a pickup, like, do make sure that you're tipping your staff. Mm-hmm. Because they are there, it is, you know, depending all, everyone has their own attitudes about how dangerous things are, but there are people who have to go to work and they don't want to, and they don't feel comfortable, and so it's nice to get through a little biggity bop at it. Yeah. Give them a little tip, give them a fat tip. You always gotta tip your server. Yeah. Which, I'm gonna loop us in on that. Yeah. Because we're bartenders. <laughs> Every week, we make a drink uh-huh. that we serve to our fans. Yes, virtually. Yes. Uh, OLCC, calm down. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. Pop onto the website and throw a little, you little know, tip, tip. Tip your bartender. Tip your bartender. I like that. Yeah. We're the bartenders. We're the bartenders. Yeah, guys. If you want to head over to our website, it's called the Donation Station. Maybe I'll do it. The tip nip. Nope. Oh, oh no! I tried to rhyme and wow. Um, We're wait. not gonna call it the tip nip. <laughs> I think we get a lot of tips. <laughs> we could call it the tip slip. Ew! Oh, I like it, though. Okay, tip slip. No! <laughs> Just call it a tip jar. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. If, if we, had... we'll, we'll, like, make one with, like, you know how they always have funny sayings on them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always really like the funny sayings on tip jars. Ew, like... One of my favorite things. Oh, well, the one I thought of was dirty. Okay. Like, just the tip, it, it feels so good. Or I don't oh, know. Oh, have you I, seen that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it made me uncomfortable, but I also laughed. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Great. So, so there's that. That's a fun way of me saying, "Give, give me money." <laughs> uh, if you guys have the means, uh, no, I don't want to say it like that, but no. Anyway, but here's yeah. the deal: if you don't have or don't want to mm-hmm. donate any money, 
donate some words. Mm-hmm. We got a new review. What? Do you want to hear this review? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming to you hot from iTunes. Here we go. This came in. Uh, it is five stars. <gasps> My favorite podcast, exclamation mark. Are these just our moms? Like do- We've gotten to the point that they can't all be our moms. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they've gotten really clever about different computer. I know my mom, and I know she's probably capable of one review. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I don't think she has. (gasps) I'm calling you out. (laughs) (laughs) Can Can you? Yeah. (laughs) We're looking at you. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. (laughs) It just rolls off your tongue. It does, because that's that's her name. All right. Are you ready? (laughs) Yeah. I was looking for a cocktail podcast and stumbled on here. Wait, they were looking for a... Oh, no. Were they when I highly- first started reading this one, it really made me laugh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh-oh. Oh. Uh, it's become one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. It's like when you find a good show and every Monday you wait for the newest episode to come out. Oh. So this came out on Sunday. Yeah. The day before our first late episode in a really long time. <laughs> and I felt bad. Oh. We had real technical... I moved and oh. my internet... I was, you know how I get with technology. You've mm. you've seen the flash of it maybe once or oh, twice. Yeah, having to do Zoom calls to record the oh, episodes during quarantine, we had to we had to not record that day because you were so infuriated. Nothing gets me more than technology uh-huh. not working. <laughs> Wait, can we go back to this review really oh, fast? Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine being this person? And you're like, I want to learn about cocktails, and you find <laughs> this thing called Killer Cocktails, and yeah. you're like hour-long episodes this is crazy <laughs> and then you get like there's so many different cocktails they cover three, three to ten minutes of cocktails and then all of a sudden you're like whoa oh why is there mur- murder my gosh but we're so damn charming oh my gosh looped her in <laughs> looped him in i don't know the gender of this person gotcha yeah yeah well thank welcome you welcome to killer cocktails <laughs> where the drinks are stiff and the bodies are stiffer <laughs> well i guess yeah i guess they would know it going into it because of the the little blurb in the beginning yeah, but people don't like to read. No, 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 no. At the beginning when I'm like, oh, when we talk. to our episode. Yeah. When do we talk? <laughs> True. <laughs> we talk the whole goddamn time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you so much for that review. If you have time and what you want to go over and tippity tap, tip, 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 tippity with your words, mm-hmm. that's much appreciated. Um, the more you guys do that, the less likely we have to promote, I don't know, a food service or... Yeah, if you don't want to hear us say the same thing all your favorite podcasts say in a slightly different tonation. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know, if you need a new mattress. Or you want food delivered to your house. <laughs> or you need to self-groom. Ew. That's not that a bunch one? of them. Ew. The Lawnmower 2.0, 3.0, whatever number they're on now. Bunch of the comedy podcasts. Oh. I'll talk about the... Like, I, what was one of Joe Rogan's first... The Fleshlight was one of his first... Excuse me? Yeah. What did you just say? Joe Rogan's podcast, one of his first advertisements that he did on the podcast was for fleshlights and he had a bunch of them at his studio and when people come he'd give them fleshlights i feel that i feel like that really like fits into what we're like talking about so yeah i think we should uh, reach out (laughs) (laughs) and then we can have like girls killer cocktails on the the side of it oh jesus golly no 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 thank you no thank you Um, i feel like only creeps would want that (laughs) So if you guys don't want to hear any of that gobbledy gook, and you just want to hear us talk more, mm-hmm. then yeah, rate, like, subscribe, put the tip in, the jar, the tip jar, 
The tip slip. Oh, it's not that bad. Okay, I'm getting eyebrows from people. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to wrap this up. We hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. Welcome back. Welcome back. From what? From intermission. When did that happen? We took a break. Are you sure? Mm, yeah. I don't think I did. Yeah, I went to the bathroom. Hmm. This is a long ass episode. Can you prove it? Do you have a Do you have a timestamp? Because I can't trust witness testimony. You're so. <laughs> you can't though. So here's the thing. I want nothing more than to believe witness testimony mm-hmm. because you go, oh, okay, Kimmery, you saw it. You're telling me. I immediately believe you. You believe a person that goes, this is what I saw. And you're like, cool, you were there. How are we going to trump this? Yeah. They're wrong all the time. Yeah. All the time. All the time. So as excited as I am about these witnesses you have, and it's it's proof and quotation yeah. marks, I, I also, I, I give it zero credence. And I can't trust that you just went on intermission. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Do you want to hear about these witnesses? <laughs> yes. Okay. Perfect. So you have a couple witnesses uh, down at the dock who see uh, Scott come in with his boat uh, and his truck and, like, unload and, like, Mm -hmm. put it down into the water. Um, And so you have Michael Vestra and you have David Jondon. And so they're working on the dock, and they see him get into his little dinghy boat. It's Mm -hmm. like a little thing. It's not a big boat. And they can see directly into the boat, and there's, like, there's nothing in – it was just him. Like, there's nowhere to put a body. There's There's nowhere to put – There's not a body in a tarp. No, no. There's like maybe a cooler, but there's like nothing out of the ordinary. Um, but they at were, what distance are they? They're right there on the dock with them, and uh, their testimony uh, testimony wasn't used during trial. Why would the defense not call them? I don't know. Interesting. Okay, so so they find these three guys. Now the other thing I'll say is he drives an incredibly generic truck. And, again, he's in a slightly strange boat, so maybe they would remember this, like, small boat. The guy said even, he's like, I don't don't know who Scott Peterson is, but I remember that boat. And I remember whoever was in it was wearing all camouflage, which I thought was kind of weird. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But then when they were talking to Scott, he was like, yeah, I got my boat. And, like, it was the first time out in the water, and I just wanted to, like, as soon as I got past all the other boats, I was like, wah, 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 you know? Yeah. Like, just speeding around, just dicking around. that... That jibes with me. Yeah. So he gets back and and we'll talk about like all the stuff they discovered all these different places later. But so he gets back to the house and when he gets there, uh, there's no Lacey. Mm-hmm. And the dog is there with the le- with the leash, yeah, right? Yeah, he has a collar and a leash on and he's just kind of wandering Out front, in, in the backyard. Wand- okay, so the dog's wandering around and there's no sign of Lacey. So he calls her mom. And because he knew that he had that they were going to see each other. And he's like, hey, have you seen Lacey? She's not here. And the mom's like, no. And so people are like, and they're, and they're concerned because, again, mm-hmm. she's eight months pregnant. She should be home. Where is she? Yeah. Um, and they, he calls them around 547 mm-hmm. or sorry, 517. And the dad calls the police. The, the stepfather the calls stepdad. at uh, 547. Yeah. Um, now you could say Scott's in contact with her parents. He knows that they're calling, like, it's not necessarily guilty looking that he's not calling about his missing wife. If you know another, you you also don't want to inundate the police with multiple Mm -hmm. reports. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to count that one against him. Um, so the stepdad calls and he's like, Hey, she's, you know, and I think when he's like his 911 call, he's like, 
my daughter's missing. And like at first it's not like you, they're like, oh, how old are you? Like, yeah. <laughs> like a little girl. Oh, okay. So no, she's eight months pregnant. She's out. The dog came back, has the leash. Um, and they kind of take it seriously, like right from the get go. Yeah, they get there. At, uh, they get to Scott's house at six p.m. And like with all cases, you're they always look at the husband first. Mm-hmm. So they bring. They're like, "Hey, are you willing to talk to us?" And he's super accommodating. And he's like, "Yeah." He goes down to the station with them. Mm-hmm. He sits in the room. He doesn't ask for a lawyer. Mm-hmm. He's answering all these questions. Like they're sitting there and they're like, "Hey, have you fired a gun today? Would you have like Would you let us do a residue test mm-hmm. on you?" And like you can watch the interview with him. And it's so it's detective. Uh, Brockney, B R O C C H I N I, Brockney, Brocini. Oh, I knew how to say it. I can't remember. Okay, we're gonna go with Detective Brocini. Um, and he is across from Scott, and you see Scott's face, and he's like, "Hey, would you be willing to do a lie detector test?" Yeah. And Scott, right off the bat, says, "Yeah, they're accurate, right?" And uh, Brocini is like, "Um, it's nothing that can be used against you, but yeah." And Scott says, okay, yeah, I'm currently willing to do this. And then um, he gets on the phone with, he's like, calls his dad and his dad's like, you should not take a polygraph. Which is the advice I would give. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, when, and when they're interviewing the detective, he's like, you know, so at first he's, you know, these are just things we do to see if you're going to put up roadblocks. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you're willing to have a swab your hands. You're willing to do this. Are you willing to take a lie detector? So like what the cop is kind of saying is like, is when they don't want to, that's a red flag to us, which... Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be, mm-hmm. um, but they're they're definitely counting that as now that's suspicious. Yeah, and so so his dad's like, "Hey, you shouldn't take this polygraph." Yeah. So he goes back. He's like, "You know what? I should maybe call an attorney." Um, and so later, when the press starts, you know, pressuring the police, they're like, "Hey, is he being cooperative?" And the police were like, "Well, he didn't take a polygraph, but he is being cooperative in other ways." And they actually call Scott, and it's a recorded conversation. They're like, "Scott, heads up! This is what we're telling the press." We know that you are being cooperative in some ways. No, you didn't take the polygraph, but we just wanted to give you a heads up that we told the press this. Um, continue. Okay. So this so again, this is uh, sort of the 24th. All right. So now we're looking for it because Lacey's missing. Mm-hmm. So this is when flyers go up everywhere. And, and the, it's expansive, too, because you've got this wide net. So, like, yeah, they're in Modesto. Yeah, there's, like, all this kind of, like, Fresno-ish zone. But because he's incorporating the whole San Francisco Bay, he's like, this mm-hmm. is where I went. So, like, they're casting this huge wide net. Like, again, I remember going to La Scala in Walnut Creek and seeing missing posters. Like, I remember my friend Jenny turning and being like, oh, my God, she's so pretty. Mm-hmm. She's so pregnant. Like, I can't believe. There were billboards. They were all on the high- over. Like, they were, it was everywhere. Which makes it sad that another missing pregnant woman a month or two before mm-hmm. her name is did not get the same exposure. Are you talking about Evelyn Hernandez? I could be. I just know that it people were really bent out of shape that like beautiful, pretty, white lady mm-hmm. Lacey Peterson got all this attention and that other people didn't yeah. that had very similar circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Okay, so the search is on. They're looking for uh Lacey. They've got a Half a million dollar reward for information that leads back to, like, I don't remember exactly mm-hmm. how you get the half a million bucks, but there's a reward for Lacey. And they've got phone banks going. They've got all this stuff happening. Um, so now you're getting a lot more media coverage. Mm-hmm. And Scott is being incredibly stiff-armed to the media. Yeah. He does not, not want to talk to the press. Mm-hmm. He does not want to, like, he is... 
very uninvolved with the press finding his wife. Yeah. And I'm going to interject. Yeah. Um, so one of the reporters, he's like in the A&E documentary. He's like, it's the day after Christmas. Nothing's going on. And then all of a sudden there's this missing beautiful white woman yeah. like who's pregnant. And so they're like, obviously we're going to run the story. So they immediately go over to the house and everyone starts covering on it. Um, but I kind of wanted to touch on um, the fact that Scott Peterson was primarily convicted on demeanor, like evidence, how he was acting in the media, how it's he, all circumstantial. He was like a hundred percent. He appeared aloof and unemotional and like he even seemed cocky in some of the photos. Mm-hmm. And, um, Nancy Grace, who is oh, yeah. a very famous prosecutor journalist, she would essentially get on TV every single night and she's like, Peterson is lying and he's hiding Rail something and therefore him. he's guilty. Do you know her backstory? Yeah. Her Husband or boyfriend. College roommate or college boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Someone she was seeing. uh, They've been dating for a while. She gets a call and he's been shot. Yeah. Dead. And so she uh she was a teacher. And so she completely she went back to school. She She went to law school and then she became a prosecutor. Yeah. She's got crazy back to Yeah. Um and so the jurors even said after trial that oh Spoiler alert, he's going to go to trial. (laughs) Uh, The juror said that after the trial that Peterson's demeanor was perhaps the most critical factor that caused them to convict him and Mm. send him to death row. And That does, but everyone acts so weird and different. You're you're entitled to not act the way someone wants you to. Demeanor evidence means diddly squat. Yeah. And they actually did uh, several clinical trials and... um, Demeanor evidence uh, is accurate 54% of the time. Yeah. So it's like it, a flip of the coin. Yeah. Um, and so everyone, like you were saying, reacts differently to tragic situations. Like I've mm-hmm. never known anyone to be murdered. And no. I don't like that is such a a, a small percentage what, of the population what, who's been through this. What's missing from this puzzle? So yeah. you've got her family who is getting on TV and crying and begging for whoever has Lacey to bring her back. Like, they are being the opposite of Scott. So mm-hmm. there's this, you're also comparing yeah. people, like loved ones of Lacey's and how they're reacting. The piece that's missing is that Scott probably also doesn't want a bunch of media exposure. Yes, because he's hiding something. He's hiding an affair. Yeah. Because wouldn't you like want to kind of Not want to be on yes. TV? Yeah. And also there's an interview with him. Uh, he's talking to his mom, Jackie Oh, who uh, who passes away as he's going through the trial? Um, but she's like, "You're always so stoic," and he's just like, "Yeah, I can't let them see my emotions," because he's like, "I can like if I'm crying, I'm a, like I'm I'm faking it. If I'm not like I'm, he's like, there's no winning." This was what his sister like in that book. What his sister yeah. said, like there was like he would have these long conversations about like how am I supposed to be? Yeah. Also, wait one more. Yeah. Thing. So, Detective Al. Uh, Bershini. So um, he is known to be very like bulldogged. He's like, yeah. if he thinks you did it, he's going to find any he's way be possible. Yeah. And so he stated that he had a feeling about Scott the first day and he admitted during cross-examination that detectives uh, singled Scott out as a prime suspect early, early on in the case. And they were specifically searching for any evidence that would link him to Lacey's disappearance. Statistically, wouldn't he be yeah, but don't you think that skews your investigation if you're like, I know he did it, so I'm going to find... You can't, so you can't be chasing it down, but you also can't... Rule it out. No. Yeah, yeah. And they and they didn't. There were other there were other things, and we'll get to them, uh-huh. that were taken to fruition, and I put that in quotes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've got Scott being weird. Why is Scott being weird? 
He has a relationship with Amber Fry. Who's Amber Fry? All right. So you've got Amber, who is a single mom, mm-hmm. who has uh, her kid is sub five, like a, a young kid. Um, and she meets Scott at, she gets kind of like set up with him, right? So her he, friend. he meets a, a friend of hers. Yeah. And then she's like, oh my God, you're single. I have a single friend. Like, let me ma- be matchmaker. And Amber's kind of like, ugh, I'm not going to. But she meets him and she's like, oh, my God, this guy is great. Mm -hmm. And they just, they hit it off. He's so charming. He's so funny. He's handsome. And they start dating. She introduces him to her kid. Mm -hmm. And By the way, they only interacted four times. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Within within like a five-week span. Because didn't you think it was like a long, drawn-out affair? Yeah. Four times. Not even a long drawn out, but just that there was more there. Mm-hmm. They um they had a really good especially first- given like the phone calls that you like. What yeah. that means is he's full of shit. Yeah. Did you listen to those phone calls? Yeah. That means more like the fact that they only interacted four times and he's saying the shit that he's saying to her. Anyway, they need to come up with a new word other than special because it doesn't do justice to <laughs> like who she is. Like anyway, he's a charmer. So uh, he's dating. So she's watching the news and she's like, uh, mm-hmm. that's my boyfriend, Scott. Mm-hmm. It's also weird for her to call him her boyfriend if they've been out four times. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So she's like, I'm dating that dude. So then like she calls her friends. She's like, uh, so then she calls the police. Mm-hmm. She calls the Modesto police and mm-hmm. she's like, hey, I see this guy on TV. I'm dating. Like she immediately, like there's, she's yeah. not hiding anything. She's not being. She does a press conference. Yes, which I don't. I'm not going to fault her for. No, knowing no, no, no. knowing what's going to come for her. Yeah, yeah. And and she went and got. Well, who's the? Oh, that lady. All, Allred. All right. So Gloria Allred is like, get under my wing. Mm-hmm. I will protect you, little bird. Let's go with my bird wing. So she comes out and she's like, my name's Amber Fry. I had a relationship with him. I did not know that he was married. I was told he was single. I'm single. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to the police. This is what I've told the police. So, but that's later when she mm-hmm. comes out in the, so when she first calls the police, they're like, ooh, oh. Perfect. Yes. Yes. They go, Amber, mm-hmm. uh, first answer all these questions. Yeah. Now, are you willing to put this little, like plug this little tape recorder into your Nokia phone? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I will. You know what the crazy thing is? They were going down to, uh, what was that, that electronic store back in the day? Fries? Radio Shack. Radio Shack. Cameron, you're on fire. <laughs> She's like, I miss trivia. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> she does. Um, so they go down to Radio Shack, and as they're buying it, as they're taking it out of the, the packaging, he calls her. And so they're, like, fumbling, and she's so nervous, and she, like, uh, like picks up, but the reception's really bad, so it, like, yeah. they cut out, and she's, like, panicking. They're like, no, 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 like, he still doesn't know. Like, it's fine. Like, calls drop. Calls drop. It's fine. And, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting little tidbit. Imagine, because she's talked about this, imagine trying to behave normally. Like, mm-hmm. like you were flirting. You were super into this guy mm-hmm. and you were a certain way with him. And now you think he killed his wife. Yeah. And you have to like try to be normal. Yeah. Like when you hear the voice recordings, she, in the beginning, you could see she's kind of like, ha ha ha. Yeah. But like she, I think yeah. she finally like, because it goes on for a while. Yeah. Do you want to know a little thing? So well, I'm going to tell you. So, <laughs> so they're on the phone on one of these phone conversations, and he's, is this when he's in Paris? No. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, so he 
they're like talking and it's kind of coming out. He's like, Oh, you've watched the news. And she's like, no, I haven't. Just tell me what's going on. And they start talking. And she's like, you told me that you were married before back on December 9th, before all this happened, you told me you broke down crying in my arms. You told me that you were previously married and that this was the first Christmas you were going to be alone. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? So she's like, why would on, you tell me that? On December 9th, he came to her and he's all been out of shape. Mm-hmm. And he he tells her. Weeks before Lacey goes missing. Lacey goes missing on the 24th of December. Yeah. So on December 9th, he's with Amber. He tells her, this is my first Christmas without. And, and she and she was like, and I didn't know if his wife had died mm-hmm. or if he they had divorced. Like he didn't specify. Yeah. And to me, it was kind of weird she didn't ask. But she didn't ask. Well, I mean, that's a really, like, imagine he's like crying. It's really emotional. And yeah. Privacy. I get it. They've been together four times. Yeah, there's that. Okay. Okay, so, but that is bad. Yeah, that's, that's a really bad. bad piece of news to I, know. To yeah. be like, oh, so before your wife went missing, you're telling me how this is your first Christmas without your wife? Mm-hmm. So, then, oh, oh, did you see the side-by-side Christmas party photos? Yeah. Where, where okay, so... Amber really wanted him to come to her Christmas party. So he goes and they have a great time and they have great photos together. Like prom photos. And then you have Lacey Peterson by herself on Christmas. At, at a, a Christmas party. Christmas party. Mm-hmm. Eight months pregnant mm-hmm. by herself. Yeah. Scott's off with his girlfriend at yeah. the Christmas party. Can I counter what we were just talking about with yeah. the whole December 9th? So thinking, so see, it's just a guy having an affair mm-hmm. and he's trying to gain. Oh, the, um, Best case scenario, mm-hmm. he's a shitbird. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the reason why he wasn't cooperating with the police at the beginning, the reason why he didn't, you know He doesn't want I mean? his girlfriend to find out. He doesn't want them to know he has a girlfriend. Because then that's motive on oh, him. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It looks bad. Um, so wouldn't you say you're having an affair and you're like talking to your boo and you're like, hey, I because obviously it's going to have to come up or something. And so you're like, I was married and you try to get the sympathy thing because mm-hmm. he then he says that he's going to uh, like Europe. Yeah, he makes to explain why he can't be with her through the holidays. Yeah, he's got to be with his wife and baby. Yeah, yeah. So like, I don't know. I can see it, him just being a shitbag, as you yeah. said, and just him getting the sympathy card from her and being like, "You, you can definitely argue both sides, and both sides make." And sense. it was just this horrible coincidence that his wife actually did go missing. I'm gonna lay a real one, a real hard one on you. Mm. Here we go. Okay. We're at a candlelight vigil. Oh, this. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. We're at a candlelight vigil for Lacey Peterson. <sighs> She's missing. Everyone's got candles. We're singing songs. Oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Tears are being shed. Where is Lacey? Scott's there. Mm-hmm. And he's being weird. Scott, He's entitled to be weird at his wife's vigil. Are but, you talking about the pictures of him smiling? No. Okay. I'm talking about when he kind of like steps off to the side. Mm. And he's on the phone. Mm-hmm. Who's he on the phone with, Drea? Amber. He's on the phone with Amber, but... Where is he? Does he... T- I mean, does he tell her he's at his wife's candlelight vigil? No, he's in Paris. He's in Paris. Looking at the Eiffel Tower. Because it's... Uh, what's the holiday? New Year's. Yeah, it's New Year's. Uh-huh. So he tells her, while he's looking out at this sea of flickering candles, each one, mm-hmm. someone's hope and wish that Lacey's returned safely, he tells her that he's watching beautiful fireworks over romantic paris yeah and he wishes they could be together it's bad it's bad no i I agree but okay so back to the demeanor and like yeah how you're acting 
wouldn't you say, say he's already having this affair. So say he's already detached from Lacey. He's not in love with Lacey anymore. He, that's not the life he wants. He yep. doesn't really want a baby. Like I'm, I'm yeah. projecting here, not projecting, but you know what I mean? You're, you're painting a picture, yeah, yeah. creating a scenario. And so, and then, and you're like, I, I'm in this turmoil of like, I have this girlfriend that I really want to be with, but I, then I have this family I don't want to be with. And then she goes missing very sad, but at the same time, magically your problems have been solved. And so Yes, you're at this vigil. Yes, you're going through the motions, but you've already fallen out of love with this person. So say it's been like eight months, a year, or like what have you. It's still an impressive ability to lie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Talk about the photos, the weird photos. Okay. So there's several photos. So you see one video of him at the candlelight visual, and it kind of looks like he has a tear. He is like he's sad. It looks like he's sad in the crowd. And then there's these photos where he's smiling and people just ate it up in the media. They're like, he's, he's the devil, blah, blah, blah. But then you hear his sister-in-law and he's, she's like, we were all on stage. We got off. My daughter went over to Scott. She wanted to put a candle down and they had this nice little moment. I don't know what was said, but they both smiled. They both laughed. Take yourself back. And that's when the media snapped the photo. Take yourself to any funeral that you've been to. I don't know how many funerals you've been to or like celebrations of life. Every single one I've been to, there are moments of pure joy and Mm. laughter and you're like you... That's part of when you. That's part of when you're super you remem- sad. Yeah, and you're. Yeah, that's at least my way of grief. Like I'm going to make people that are having a horrible. Like we're going to through our tear. We're going to be like wiping <laughs> tears as we're laughing about something. Yeah. Like you're you're allowed to and be it, happy in moments of sadness. And like if you look over the whole course, like it's four months before her body is found, and like imagine being like four months in like high scrutiny of the media. You just want yeah. to feel normal. Yeah. Not at this point that, you know, it's been like a week or two. It's been like two weeks, but like still someone said like, you're still human. You still have a sense of humor. I, I don't hold the smiling photos against yeah. him. Like to me, the demeanors of that, like I, I do find it hearing the recordings of his conversation. Like mm-hmm. to me, that's yucky. Yeah. Um, but again, couldn't you see like someone who's like completely out of the marriage, like mentally wise? Yeah, but be I, able I, to, to disassociate. Yeah, but like when I try to put myself mm-hmm. there, I also put my own like being that dishonest. Like I would also be having those conversations conversations with Amber of like I was married, I was gonna leave. Well, you're now I you know what I mean? Like stand upstanding person. I, I'm not Scott Peterson. <laughs> oh, all right. So turn of events. Lacey's been missing. All of a sudden, they find the body of a woman, the torso of a woman, mm-hmm. and a full-term baby mm-hmm. in the bay. Mm-hmm. Bay breeze. And that's the tie to our cocktail this week. So they find these bodies, and now they're like, all right, we think we have enough. Let's go after Scott. We have to do testing to see, make sure it is who we think it is. But they're, but they're like, where is he? He's down in, well, he'd gone down to San Diego. They ping his phone. Uh-huh. You know why he went down there? He's got a brother down there. The, he has, uh, his like father's down there. His like fa- extended family is down there. Yeah. And they're like, come get out of get the, media the media frenzy. Come down here. I also think, I gotta remember the timeline. Part of me feels like his sister from the book mm-hmm. had kicked him out at that point. Okay. She was like, you're being weird. I think you killed Lacey. You can't live here anymore. Because mm-hmm. he was going to go live up. What in- was he doing? Um, 
he wasn't grieving. Mm-hmm. He wasn't uh, just the way he was with her had changed. He was different. Mm-hmm. She was like, he's different in a way that doesn't seem like someone who's just depressed and being turned off to everybody. Demeanor, evidence. Okay, yeah. Cool. But his his new sister. Yeah. Wasn't jabbing with it. And yeah. she's like, you can't live here. That yeah. doesn't mean he's guilty and he needs to go to jail. But yeah. she's also like, I don't want you here anymore. Yeah, that's fair. You're giving me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. So I think that's part of him going down to San Diego. So he's down in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Police are like, all right, where is he? Pinging his phone. Okay. let's. They, they're behind him. Oh, and he, like, and they figure out where he is. And he's going, they're like, he's going 80 and 90 miles an hour down the highway. And in my head, I'm like... Have you been on California for years? <laughs> that's that's just what people like 80, 90, and then like, and then you like slam on your brakes because now there's traffic. Like, yeah. Yes, he's speeding, but I also think it's normal speeding. But anyway, he's speeding down the highway and they're like, you know what? Let's not turn this into a thing. We don't need another OJ. Mm-hmm. Yay. They're like, let's just pull him over for a traffic stop. So lights on. He pulls over. What's in the car with him? What's he look like? Do you want me to? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to tell you the perspective from the other side of it. So, well, I want you to tell me what he looks like and what's in the car, and then tell me why. Okay, so they pull him over, and uh, they pull him out, and he's like dyed his hair. They've dyed his he's dyed his mustache. Goatee. Um, it's a goatee. Whatever he's got going. The, I don't know what the, the whatever you got on your <laughs> face, guys. I don't know. Um, it's all blondish. Yeah. Um, and then they go through his car. He has camping gear. He has nearly fifteen thousand dollars in cash. He has four cell phones. He's thirty miles away from the Mexican border. Um, Does he have his identification? Oh, he has his brother's ID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which doesn't look good. And that's where we're going to leave you. So, bodies are found. Scott's 30 miles from the border mm-hmm. with cash, ID that doesn't match, and a disguise. Yep. I think we have to wrap this up for this week. But come back next week. and we'll- As Drea tries to convince me. <laughs> Scott Peterson didn't kill his wife. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. I just wanted to let everyone know before we leave, I still have about 10 pages worth of stuff. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Killer Cocktails. As always, on our talent is Jackie Andrea. Be sure to check out our Instagram at Killer Cocktails Podcast. You can also head over to our website, KillerCocktailsPodcast.com, where you can find more information about each episode, cocktail recipes, podcast merch. There's even a nifty little donation station button if you're feeling generous. We're a self-funded podcast, and all your donations do really help. Our logo was created by Michelle Michael Art, whose amazing work can be found at MichelleMichaelArt.com. That's Michelle with one L. Our music was created by Nikolai Heidlust, and make sure you always tune in every Monday for hashtag Murder Monday. <laughs> Okay. Ridiculous. I don't know why it's so funny. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> hey guys, it's Drea. This is Jackie. P. I this- think we got too funky. No, that's a different drink. <laughs> See, this is what happens. No, but no, but I get confused. <laughs> mixed oh. up with the black <laughs> Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. We didn't like any of the drinks. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>